turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. The news never stops. Life goes on around town and around the world. You need a talk show that keeps track of it. A program with bold opinions that's always open to your views. That is this show. Welcome to the Mark Davis Show on 660 AM. The answer. All right, 866-660-5759, hour number two. Welcome. Glad you are here. In a couple of minutes, we're going to uh, dive into something that never happens anymore. Greg Abbott on Fox. (laughs) He's he's everywhere. He's everywhere. And I mentioned last hour that there is something that just seems to me to be happening. I think it's happening in my own head and my own heart. And I think there's a growing number of people who are starting to think about it around the country. It has, I don't want to say, okay. I don't want to say it has been annoying to Governor Abbott that people have spent the last couple of years comparing him to DeSantis and finding him coming in second in that competition. Um, but I I think it probably has because it's like, what, what, what am I, chopped liver? I mean, he's governor of Florida. That's great. I'm in Texas. He does all these conservative things. What about what I've done? The DeSantis appeal has been that he's just more out there more vocal, more sharp, more, or has been. I mean, by sharp, I mean the sharpness of his attacks on the left, taking down woke culture, taking down DEI, taking down all this nonsense, take, you know, just, just all of it. Greg Abbott has found his, not only say found his voice, he's always had his voice. He has found his moment. It, we are experiencing right now, I mean, it is by any definition, the Greg Abbott moment. I mean, nation wide. Rhonda showed me a a still picture of just it was just a fox graphic and it was about the 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 governors who have lined up behind Governor Abbott in telling the Biden administration to pound sand as they even think about venturing into our state in order to take uh you know pruning shears to our razor wire and the thing she showed me it was like governors backing Greg Abbott on the border and it was like 24 governors 24 Republican governors top left Ron DeSantis so I don't want to say that's like DeSantis for once playing second fiddle to Abbott. It's not second fiddle. It's support. But Abbott is the guy in the lead now, is the guy walking the point now, is the guy out front now. And that leads to something that I think could be really interesting. And who better to do it than you and me? He's our guy. So here we go. Trump Abbott 24. Who's with me? And by that, I mean simply in considering it. Because I still think DeSantis would be a pretty awesome running mate. Uh, I think Tim Scott has great merit. Uh, And I hate to phrase it that if you've got to have a woman, because you should never got to have anything. But if somebody thinks that would be a good idea, fan of Governor Sanders in Arkansas, fan of... uh, uh, of Congresswoman Elise Stefanik, maybe Kim Kim Reynolds in Iowa. <laughs> she endorsed DeSantis. That's not going to happen. Um, so I, you know, 
But does does Greg Abbott belong on the the sensible short list of possible Trump running mates? Dude, it could very well be. And I have never said that before. And that's not out of distaste for Governor Abbott. The book on Governor Abbott for years has been that he is just conservative enough and just palatable enough to not just to a wide swath of of Texans to to be reelected largely without breaking a sweat. And was he challenged from the right? Yes, not by one, but by two folks, you know, with Don Huffines and, and Alan West. Those were folks for whom, you know, Governor Abbott was just okay, not quite conservative enough. A whole lot of those folks are enamored with the governor's recent, especially border-related stances. And the border may be one of the most important things in the 24 election. So to assess Greg Abbott, as a possible Trump running mate, I think is an interesting expenditure of our time. So let's spend a little, hop on board on that if you want to, 866-660-5759. Let me do a couple of things here real quick coming off our visit with Mike Gallagher. <laughs> First, let me pull the curtain back. I, I don't I don't talk about this a lot because I don't want to confuse you. Not, not that sounds, <laughs> Mark, treat us like grownups. Uh, here's, it's, there's just no point in it. When the reason the, when Mike and I are talking from about seven thirty something to seven fifty something every morning in real radio time, there is a camera on me, the Salem News Channel camera on me in this room, and we're taping the entire thing. This enables Mike to get out the door earlier <laughs> <laughs> because one of the last things uh, I, well, what what the, the way it happens is it winds up airing at ten. 40. If you're listening to Mike, you ever hear the replay of the Mark and Mike thing during Mike's show at like 1040? That's awesome. I'm driving around. Sometimes I hear it. I was like, hey, those guys are good. <laughs> uh, but if you're watching on the Salem News Channel, which you can with all the national shows, all the network shows, Prager, Hewitt, uh, you know, uh, Mike, obviously, uh, Gorka, uh, Officer Tatum, uh, they're all on the Salem News Channel at the same time. So you can watch them as well as listen to them. That's kind of the Salem News Channel gig. All right. So during Mike's show, uh, you can uh, you can hop to it and uh, and watch it. And uh, that's kind of cool. So that's something that that you can do. So when that happens, that's Mike and me on on the t- in a split screen on the TV on the TV box, laptop box, whatever. So Mike drew attention to what I'm wearing today, which never makes any sense for radio purposes, but it does for the for the, the later broadcast on the Salem News Channel. And somebody asked me on the text line, oh, <laughs> uh, what are you wearing? <laughs> Not in that way. So I, I've, I, I may need to bill them for this. But today, the reason Mike drew attention to it for two reasons. Number one, I think he liked it. And number two, the color of part of it ran afoul of the green screen or the blue screen or whatever screen that is behind me. Uh, And so that made it momentarily noteworthy. But here's what it is. It is a tan sort of long, like long sleeve t-shirt, you know, and it has four guitar necks. One of them is green, one's blue, one's brown, and one's black. And underneath it, it says diversified portfolio, right? And so somebody said, uh, where'd you get that from? And I instantly remembered because it was just a few months ago. I, you ever, you're familiar with the brand of clothing that, that uh, the logo is Life is Good? 
and a lot of it is beachy or fishing or this or that or recreate, but the life is good brand. There, there's a whole, I mean, life is good.com, I guess their website. And they had a store in Nags Head, North Carolina. I've never seen a life is good store before. They had one in Nags Head, North Carolina, out of the Outer Banks when I was out there in October when Lisa and I went out there for my cousin's daughter's wedding. And we we popped in there and picked up a couple of things because their stuff is, is awesome. So here's how you can find it. Ready? Uh, just Google Life is Good Diversified Portfolio Guitar Shirt. Life is Good Diversified Portfolio Guitar Shirt. And there you go. You know, the one they show is like black and short sleeve. You know, and mine is tan and long sleeve, but um, there you go. There you go. Right. 866-660-5759. The other thing that I mentioned, somebody said, what what did Letterman say? What did Letterman say about Taylor Swift? I I mean, I know. And it's funny because if you're not hating on her or hating on her and Travis Kelsey, if you're just kind of annoyed, it's like, please just play football. I don't need to see her in the suite. I get that. I would suggest dial it back because what skin is it off your nose? Ten seconds of watching her over emote. Whatever. The other people love this. The NFL absolutely loves this. There are 12-year-old girls watching football with their dads because of this. So just back it down, okay? Golly Moses, if, if haven't we learned this particular week that there are real things to be upset about? Don't be a jerk, okay? Just stop it. And Vivek has gone full nut. Uh, There must be like a conspiracy for the Chiefs to win so that the artificially concocted Travis Kelsey-Taylor Swift relationship can be used to endorse Biden. It's like, dude, free time on your hands was not a good idea for you. And by the way, this is why you didn't need to be president. Such a genius on so many issues. Fantastic. Um... First of all, it must what a what a wonderful gift it must be to telepathically know whose love is sincere and whose is not. What a what a great gift. So anyway, here was and that's funny. So here's Letterman, who's funny. I've been a Dave fan my whole life, my whole life, oh well, whole life. But I mean, you know, since he rose to prominence when I'm in my twenties, uh, an, an entertainment genius. Is he a big lib? Yes. Taylor Swift may be a a bit of one as well, but the genius of both of them is they haven't spent a lot of time beating you over the head about it at all. They chose not to anger half of America. And um, so, but there's a part in here. Now, in in post-nightly show life, there have been some moments where Dave has sort of telegraphed some liberalism. Whatever, don't care. Uh... It's funny, I'll tell you, somebody whose who's appeal has been just totally dashed against the rocks for millions of people, and that's our friend Howard Stern, who the good news for him is he grew up from being vulgar to less so, somewhat less so, began to lean into his interviewing skills, which are appreciable and unmatched. But then I think COVID did this to him. He became your weird, cranky, leftist grandpa who hated you because you didn't wear a mask and lived your life during COVID. And, and, and he hated and he decided hates Trump now. So, and that's just, I mean, listen, everybody can do what they want to do a free country, but that has made Stern way less appealing. So anyway, so here's Dave, but there's, and again, keeping in mind that part of the genius of Taylor Swift is she has not 
been really overtly political, like at all. There is a line or two in one song called You Better Calm Down, where she you know, takes a bit of a poke at people who dare to oppose the LGBTQ plus agenda. Whatever. That's one line in one song. By and large, she has chosen not to uh, flaunt political sides. So here's Dave in something I completely agree with, but there's one thing that made my eyebrow go, uh, and so get a load of this. Taylor Swift, I don't think in the history of show business, in the history of popular culture, we've ever witnessed anything like this. Tremendous. She fills stadiums around the world and puts on a three-hour show. Now, we live in a world now where all we hear is nonsense and ugliness. And the nonsense can't be more nonsensical. And the ugliness, God hopes it can't get any uglier. But that's all we hear. That's all we hear. So now, here's Taylor Swift, who is a glowing, bright light of goodness in the world. And she starts dating uh, Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> this is in, I don't know if it's a podcast or they're just rolling tape. Paul Schaefer is in the room and his longtime TV producer, Barbara Gaines. Obviously, it's not Kelsey Grammer. It's Travis Kelsey. Dave has not gone full Biden senility. He's just having some fun. Uh, but continue, because there's one thing in here that maybe go, uh? And people No, that's go- not true. What? Kelsey Grammer? Yes. Yeah. And, and, An interesting parent. And go people ahead. go crazy. And the, the Kelsey Grammer people say, oh, no, no, no. Don't bother us. We're all caught up in football. We don't want Taylor in football. And the Taylor Swift people the Swifties, are saying, oh, we don't want a footballer in here with Kelsey Grammer. And That's I- actually not true. The, a lot of the football people are, are, are annoyed by her. I, there is no appreciable band of all the Swifties love. Uh, they love that she's in love. They, lo- they love him. There's not a whole bunch of uh, hacked off Taylor Swift fans annoyed at, at Travis Kelsey's presence in her life. Of course, you don't get 15 shots of Travis Kelsey at a Taylor Swift concert either. Mm-hmm. Huh? Travis Kelsey. Right. Travis Kelsey. And I say to both camps, this is such a lovely thing. Shut up. It's good for the footballers. It's good for Taylor Swift. And it's something positive and happy for the world. And also politically, Mm -hmm. Taylor Swift is a huge force. Mm -hmm. Politically, Taylor Swift is a huge force. What? Now, maybe he means potentially. And maybe he, which, by the way, would be true. Can you imagine if she came in, you know, full Biden? You know, that would that would be no small thing. And I think just wants to see people do the right thing. So God bless Taylor Swift. So first of all, in Taylor, in Taylor's, in Letterman's scolding of everybody, just stop being jerks to them. Completely agree. But buried within there, is there kind of a veiled or not so veiled reference to the to the degree to which maybe Big Dave wants her to wants her to be more political so that uh, she can, quote, do the right thing. I don't know. But uh, last word on that, for the moment anyway, is I don't think either one of them is going to either, either. And by the way, first of all, she is 100 times more of a bigger deal than he is around the world and just in terms of everything. And he's a pretty big deal. Uh, so in terms of who's being helped by what. But um, I don't think either one of them, they're both very brand conscious. Which leads a lot of people to think that the whole relationship is just based on he helps her brand, she helps his. That's a cynicism that's just ugly. You know, I'm going to be honest with you. I saw them smooching on each other. I don't think you can fake that. I guess you can. You'd have to be pretty good. Give them some benefit of the doubt, man. Just don't be a jerk.
But that having been said, um, I, I don't think either one of them uh, is going to allow their brand to be damaged or their popularity to be mitigated uh, by attaching themselves to Biden. 825. It is time for news. Take it any way you want it. Little outlaws from playing to win. Take it any way you want it. Up next, we're going to go back to your calls, 866-660-5759. And a uh, little, little bit of something-something right, right around the corner as well. I, I'm such a personal fan of Mark Cuban. Good dude, good owner, brought us an NBA championship, big heart, big brain, love him. Can't not love Cubes. But so much so that when he's really dead wrong on like a couple of things, I approach with grace, (laughs) as I have with his fetish for gambling and bringing that poison into our lives. And also with a little bit, he's getting a bit of a rough ride for being a little bit of uh, being very naive on diversity, equity, inclusion. And that's played out again yesterday on social media. Tell you about that and a number of other things. And you can tell me about things at 866-660-5759. To tell us about things in the news here at 832, here's Nikki Whaley. It is Phil Collins' birthday. The solo career is great. Man, I am a lifetime fan of Genesis. From Duke, this is Heat Haze. It also gave you misunderstanding and man of our times. The great Phil Collins is 73. All right, 866-660-5759. All right, Cubes catching grief on DEI. Uh, uh, in a moment, but right now we are on the phone in Dallas. Paul, hey, Mark Davis, welcome. Happy Tuesday. How are you? Mark, I'm fine, and it's uh, it's beyond an honor to, to talk to you. I want to preface everything I'm going to share by just saying thank you for your prayer each day. Thank there are you. often times when I'm driving down the road in Dallas and I wipe tears from my eyes just because you're taking the time to talk to the one who spoke the world into existence. Uh, I also want to thank you for your indescribable ability of helping us navigate through all of the stuff that uh, is happening in life every day. And you bring clarity to things that would be otherwise thoroughly confusing. I have driven for Lyft for eight years. I'll give my 22,000th ride in the next week and a half. And I wanted to share a little bit about a ride that I gave a year ago, February. Please. Sweet girl named Anahita. She is from Iran, Mm -hmm. and it was a brief ride, but uh, as strange as it sounds, uh, I've seen hundreds of people give their lives to Christ through simple conversations in my car. Mm -hmm. I was kicking myself that I had not shared more with Anahita. I whispered a prayer, God, please give me another shot, put her back in my car. Four months later, it's June, I'm at the Statler downtown, she gets in. I said, Anahita, you've been my passenger before. I pulled up the picture that we had taken. I said, your dad has a degree in biomedical research. You've been working on your citizenship for 10 years. And uh, I got her name and number. And I called and I I said, we're going to Chili's at Preston and LBJ on Friday. I shared an hour's worth of 
of, of Christ transforming people's lives in my car, mm-hmm. and Anahita was ready to transfer her sin for Christ's shed blood. Mm-hmm. She went to church with me the following Sunday, and she's a brand new woman. We had, we had communicated uh, all this past year through WhatsApp. I most recently picked her up on December the 11th from DFW Airport. Since she's been working on this for 10 years, uh, a lot of things have played out. I took her to the DMV the next day, two and a half hours. We got her driver's license updated. I got the man from my church that does my uh, retirement to help. Uh, she she learned from the immigration attorney that she needed to have been uh, filing taxes. Even what does she, she do? Doesn't make any. What what does she? Well, what what is her life? What does she do for a living? What is what what is her life like? Well, she wants to come over here and get her PhD. Mm-hmm. Her her father works in biomedical research. He he makes uh, prosthetics, mm-hmm. oh. and uh, and and so uh, I've helped her along the way because of the paperwork. She's having to stay through at least the first or second week of March. But the the point that I want to make are a couple of things here. I get people from all over the world, and they tell me what they're going through to become citizens of our great country. Mm-hmm. And it's beyond a slap in the face for people, as you've so clearly articulated, to pour into our nation for doing nothing. Know. You know, And we hand them everything, and yep. these people are bending over backwards. They have to come here and be here for a certain number of weeks yep. throughout the year, and then they go back, and they're doing it right. And uh, and I think we also need to be reminded of this because even yesterday I was I was having lunch with Anahita in the food court at North Park and 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 we were shedding tears because she's as burdened over what is happening in her country. She's fearful for her family, and we sent we have a tendency I think to forget that these are citizens just like us. They just happen to be at the mercy of a government. Yep. It is hateful. And in particular in Iran, which has one of the youngest populations in the Middle East and one of the the highest percentages of population that seem to be in a mood to protest against the reigning authority. You don't find that in Iraq. You don't find it in Yemen. But in Iran, you do. Paul, I cannot thank you. Please give her my best. You're likely to see her within days, it appears, because <laughs> uh, you got a thing going. And, I, and your kind words uh, are unbelievably uh, uh, valuable to me. Thank you so much. Um, so on the list of things that maybe we can do here with, with uh, you know, moving forward, you know, bomb an Iranian ship or two, take out uh, one of their island refineries. Uh, big fan of either of those, by the way. Um, but moving forward... Uh, if there's something that we have abjectly failed to do, and I just don't see this happening under Biden because he is in their pocket. He, Biden is a financier of Iranian terror. And I listen, that sounds, oh, that's such a, I, I know it's unwitting. I don't, I, I know it's when I say unintentional, but it is, there's a difference between intentional and willful. They know what they're doing and they don't care. Right. They and and as long as this is the case, and as long as they're just uh, as long as their nose is up the Ayatollah's butt on, on with with this weird Obama crafted fetish to reach out to Iran and have them turned into a viable partner, Iran's government is unreformable in terms of the degree to which the current mullahs, the current theocracy can be crafted into somebody that we can do business with. We can't. We desperately need a president who gets that. 
And I don't think we're going to get that until this one is gone. So can we work on that, please? Ugh. All right. Some folks, I, idealism is a lovely thing if you're 12. And by this, I mean, if you approach certain things with a wide-eyed innocence you and you're a grown-up, you run the risk of lapsing into naivete. And this has been the case with our buddy Mark Cuban. Cubes, uh, I, I think, I think he started it <laughs> by by grousing that too many people were finding fault with DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion. Wonderful words that have wonderful meaning, and words that have nice intent. But what DEI really is is quotas. It is racial discrimination. It is bean counting. It is. Uh, punishing people for not being of the favored minority status, and that is economic poison, societal poison. Uh, it, it's just, it, it makes race relations worse. It's, it's terrible. And thank God some states, Texas, Florida, uh, and others have decided we're not, just not going to have it as part of state government. So Cubes arrives to say, hey, it, it, it's all good. Don't anybody worry. It's a good thing. To The, the diversity is good. Equity is good. And go Listen, which is fine. If you're looking at this in the fifth grade, but when you are a grown up and you see what DEI really is in practice and for like weeks now, all kinds of people have just been trying to affectionately and in some cases not so affectionately school Mark Cuban on the realities of DEI. So yesterday he was doing one of those ask me anything things, which was fun because Cubes is an interesting guy. And I think some people said, so, you know, how are you feeling about this whole DEI thing uh, now? Like, have you learned anything? So his reply to somebody was, I have never hired. Oh, one of my favorite things was, if you're so in favor of diversity, equity, and inclusion, how about you field a Dallas Mavericks team made up of nothing but short white guys? <laughs> I confess I did enjoy that. Um, anyway, Cubes wrote yesterday, I've never hired anyone based exclusively on race, gender, religion. I only ever hire the person that will put my business in the best position to succeed. And yes, race and gender can be part of the equation. I view diversity as a competitive advantage. Now, how would you propose finding organizations that give preference to white people? Why aren't you working as hard to show examples of white preference as you are DEI? You claim to abhor both. So a guy, a woman named Andrea Lucas, who is a commissioner on the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, got in touch and said, uh, Mark, uh, you're dead wrong on black letter Title VII law. As a general rule, race and sex cannot even be a motivating factor, not a plus factor, a tiebreaker, a tipping point. It's really important employers understand the ground rules here. So uh, thanks, Ms. Lucas. Just, and look, and so so the the sin of cubes here is, is a bit of naivete. I, he is not a flaming leftist activist, but just I think some people. Part of the reason that the left is able to make inroads is they are able to say, "Look, we're the ones who want to be nice to everybody." You know, a little boy wants to become a little girl. We want to be nice and let him. You know, uh, a. a, a, a a parent wants to, you know, help a son transition. We want to be nice. We just want to be nice. 
you know? The, the, uh, the LGBTQ lobby wants a bunch of provocative books to be on school shelves. Let's, let's let them. We're just trying to be nice. Let's just be nice. Some people are, 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 are trying to absolutely make sure that we meet certain quotas of, of irrelevant things like race and sex. But let's, let's let them. We're just trying to be nice. Mark Cuban's a nice person. Unfailingly nice but has fallen victim to this, this, this niceness scam. But sometimes what you have to do is tell people no. If your sixth grade daughter wants to become a boy, the answer is no. If people want to discriminate based on race, the answer is no. If somebody wants to put porn for a political motive on a school book, sh- on a school library shelf, that answer is no. So 850, Mark Davis, 660 AM, the answer. Right, coming up after the 9 o'clock news, Jonathan Covey of Texas Values joins us. Texas Supreme Court today, here's a challenge to the desire of our people through our legislature to stop the uh, the trans uh, mutilation insanity. A uh, group of quote-unquote families and quote-unquote doctors are challenging that. We'll see what uh, what's going to happen in the arguments before the court today. Uh, plenty of arguments over what Biden ought to do, whether he even knows what he's doing. Former um, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo was on with Laura last night and was asked to react to something that we talked about a little bit yesterday, and that was the, from various uh, podiums and, and uh, uh, platforms within the administration just reading from index cards rather than speaking from the heart or, or from the brain about three American service members lost. And uh, Lloyd Austin just, you know, the president and I will not tolerate this. Like, golly, Moses. Mike Pompeo. You know, when I first watched it, Laura, I was I was appalled at the lack of uh, emotion about the loss of the three soldiers. Frankly, uh, you add the two Navy SEALs, that's five in just the last couple of weeks. Great Americans no longer with us. And he was reading a statement as if he was reading from the dictionary. Um, I just find that disturbing. Uh, but more importantly, um, the policies that have resulted from this Secretary of Defense and this president have led precisely to the place we find ourselves today. And while they talk about not wanting World War III, they talk about want nonning, not wanting escalation, it is moments like that that the Ayatollah watches or the Xi Jinping watches, and he says, I can roll these guys. And to date, I, I would argue they certainly have done that. I like Pompeo. I like him a lot. Liked him, uh, just I like him a lot. Um, possible Trump running mate? Maybe. Uh, th- Pompeo a little bit too much of an acolyte for forever war with Ukraine. That might be a bit of a deal breaker. All right, in our next hour, we'll talk with Texas Values about the Supreme Court looking at our uh, our attempt to achieve gender sanity. Uh, Abbott as Trump running mate, he was on with Hannity last night. Got a lot of people buzzing about that. And speaking of things that'll happen today, there we can have a big to-do, a big, a big howdy-do in Dallas as uh, electric vehicle uh, <laughs> advocates, I want to be kind, uh, dance in the streets because we, we're going to get to swim in about $100 million of other people's taxpayer money to build all kinds of charging stations for EVs. I'm not anti-EV. Teslas are cool. That's great. All the kinds of electric cars is great. Buy one if you want one. It's not my job to build a, not a dime of my money should go to build one of those, those charging stations. 
Did did the auto companies have to build gas stations? No, oil companies built gas stations because people want gas. A lot of this demand is phony, and you're getting hosed. We're going to take a look at a wide variety of things at the 9 o'clock hour. Ride there with us.